Why are you so antisocial? Because I'm trying to get it. Why are you staying on the basketball court so much? Because I'm trying to get it. Why are you out there practicing in the hot sun when ain't nobody else out there? Because I'm trying to get it. Welcome back to the Clutch Time Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron, and I'm here with Zach. What's up, y'all? We're back again. Let's start with the NFL Wild Card Weekend coming to a close. There was a bunch of games, honestly, that I was decently surprised with. Um, and when I say that, I mean, I didn't I didn't think there was going to be the blowouts like there was. Um, but I definitely thought the games were going to be good. I, and I thought all of them were pretty good, except the Bills Steelers. But, you know, we'll talk about that one. Uh, Texans dominate the Browns 45-14. to C.J. Stroud sets a rookie record for the best quarterback play in a playoff game. 16-21, 274 yards, three touchdowns, and 157.2 QBR. That is a perfect QBR. Damn. Damn. Yeah, I, the thing about this was is I think everybody was not really counting tech, the Texans' defense to really show up like they have been for the majority of the season. They have been pretty good. I don't think anybody's really put up big numbers on the Texans. Uh, but the Browns couldn't run the ball very well, and when you can't run the ball, you can't run the play action. And Joe Flacco... I think had four games or five games straight of 300 plus yards purely based off of play action. That's what they had him running the whole time and shutting down the run game really prevents you from being able to run the play action. He got a couple plays off, you know, there was like a 30 yard bomb to, uh, to Ninjoku and you know, that, that is what it is, but it, ultimately it, it wasn't enough. Uh, Joe Flacco th- also threw two back to back pick sixes. It, it just such a, sad ending for him too just because he he's had such a great like end of the year he was like yeah. the feel-good story of the nfl and then <laughs> for him to just go out in the playoffs like this i mean i mean I, it's not like they expected him to win the super bowl i, I think they kind of just gave him the offense or like hey i think you know let's try and go win a game i think he should just be proud making the playoffs with how like their season was with Cleveland, you know, all the injuries. Yeah. I, I I think it's such an achievement just getting there. Being there that far, yeah. No, I, I agree. But, I mean, you also have to think. You're going against a, a, a quarterback in C.J. Stroud who looks like he's been in the league for a very long time. He seems comfortable. He looks like he has controlled the offense. I don't know if that's totally true. Um, but, you know, he's making really crafty throws, and he's being trusted to just – Go out there and and play like uh, like a veteran would be would be um, kind of trusted to go out there and make some plays. Overall, um, I think the Texans will move on to play the Ravens in Baltimore. They played in Baltimore earlier this year. I believe the Texans won that game, but this is going to be a whole different. It's a whole different atmosphere when you're playing a loaded stadium up in Baltimore. Um, Lamar Jackson is the presumed MVP of the NFL this year. Um, I don't know exactly if I'd take the Texans or the Browns, but we can get into that in a little bit. The Dolphins 
get beat by the Kansas City Chiefs 26-7. to This game was a little less exciting than C.J. Stroud throwing for three touchdowns and almost 300 yards, but uh, overall, I, I will give big props because I haven't been a big fan of his, and when I say his, I'm talking about Rasheed Rice. I haven't been a big fan um, mainly Excuse me. Mainly because of all the all the wide receiver issues that the Chiefs have been having all year long, it seems like he's you know he'll show up one game and you know he might for a couple others or he might not, and it's just you know he there's been up and downs all over that receiver room. And this this week against the Dolphins, he had eight catches, 130 yards, and one touchdown. He had another touchdown, but it got called back for a uh, I think an illegal blindside block. I'm honestly not surprised with this game, you no, know, no, just because I, I, I figured with Miami, once I saw the weather, I knew they, they had yeah. no chance, honestly. I, well, they never really play well in the cold, but also, I mean, you have to think about it. it Two has never really played well in the cold, but on top of that, you know, it's swirling winds at like negative 25 degrees. So, I mean. I know you have uh, Mahomes breaking his helmet out there because of how cold it yeah. is. But also those the helmet that he wears is designed to break in a sense. Like you know how like newer cars have crumple zones where they're supposed to fold on itself to prevent injury or however that works. Science. Yeah, I saw something on that. Like it's meant to like obviously like take impact and like distribute yeah. it. Mm-hmm. But because of how cold it was, it, it just, just snapped, shattered. I mean, and he ran a play like that. I mean. He, I think he played only one or two plays with the helmet, you know, shattered in a million pieces. Yeah, but it, Mahomes has the experience. This Kansas City team is going to be tough, even though they're not as talented as they've been. They just have so much experience now. I mean, they're definitely the most experienced team left in the playoffs. So. I, they are, but also this is the most, this is the best defense I think Pat has had in a long time. Um in his short career anyway. But when I say, you know, mentioning the, how, how good the defense was, Tua really struggled to just complete passes. He was getting pressured a lot. He get, he, he was sacked twice and there were six passes deflected. So it, if you're not completing the balls or you're not completing short passes or the r- running was awful from Miami, it's like they couldn't run the ball at all. Um, it, it becomes very hard to you know, officially run that Mike McDaniel offense when you can't run the ball, you can't catch the ball to a seem to be the only guy who is comfortable in the cold. And even he had a couple slip ups if you, if you watch the game. So I was going to say, cause I was talking to uh Jackson the other day. Yeah. Miami definitely has the talent to like win. Yes. But the thing is they have to be a one or a two seed. They need like home field advantage almost oh, the yeah. entire playoffs. That's what I was telling him. Cause like, look at the Rams when they won. They were, I believe they were the one seed. Look at Tampa Bay, uh, the year they won with Brady. They were the one seed. So, yeah. and be- and before that, I think the last team, like, from, like, one of the Sunshine States to win was, like, Tampa and, like, 03. Exactly. Yeah. So, they just, if Miami, and obviously, it's easier to say if Miami was at home, it'd be a different story, but with the Sunshine Sun, uh, the sun sign, dude. Oh, sunshine. Yeah, with you know, like the Florida teams, Cali teams, they need like to be the first seed, second seed. Yeah, and it it sucks because on top of 
you know, if they were at home, I think they would have won that game. But um, their defense is banged up. I mean, Nick Chubb tore his ACL. Uh, and then Xavier Howard, I don't know what his injury was off the top of my head, but I know he was also out. And having those two guys available um, is a really big deal. And, you know, when they're not there and you're also struggling on offense, you can't get the ball back. It's just one way, you know, it's a one way street to lose. Uh, Pacheco, I, I did want to, I did want to mention that Pacheco did play really well. Um, I don't think he had a rushing touchdown or anything like that. And if he did, let me know, but he did. Yeah. So, you know, he, I think I didn't, I couldn't remember it off the top of my head, but I know that he, he was the one I, you know, when you turn on the game, you see him extending drives and running really hard, which he, he is absolutely known for. It seems like every time he takes a stride, his knees touch his chest. <laughs> like, he he runs really hard and he continued to keep drives alive and eventually I think that's kind of what won the Chiefs the game. Patrick Mahomes did play really well. Um, he had two rushes for a total of forty one yards, I believe. And you know when you run the ball that effectively or you let Patrick Mahomes out of the pocket and get loose, you know you're going to give up those big chunk plays and eventually just cost your cost your defense too much. Yeah, to piggyback with uh, off what you were just saying. What makes this Chiefs team so good, too, is they manage to always get in field goal range, too. So yeah. even if they're not scoring touchdowns, they're putting something on the board. So, And that's really watching a lot of the other games. That's the one thing that stands out with me compared to them. Like, Because obviously, you know, there's what, there's a ton of teams that scored more than them. Like, you know, the Packers, Bills, Bucks, but... Texans. Yeah, you know, Texans. But they you know, have plays where they punt. It just seems like the Chiefs, like, never really need to punt. Yeah, and behind Justin Tucker, uh, Harrison Buckers, the second most experienced playoff kicker, and he's very accurate in the playoffs, so that helps a lot. Uh, one thing I did want to mention now that you you bring that up uh, about, you know, the, the point scoring and all that fun stuff, the Texans get to now play the Ravens, and the Packers play the, play the 49ers, and we'll get to that in a second. But how big of effect do you think having two weeks off resting Lamar Jackson uh, is going to have on the Baltimore offense? I think it's going to be a lot closer game than people think for, you know, Ravens, Texans than any of the other games. Uh, But having two weeks off can really affect an offense can really affect connections regardless of how much you practice. Yeah. I think especially with Lamar, I I don't know, man. I feel like I feel like it might help them out, just because you know, like with quarterbacks, quarterbacks always have these little nagging injuries that yeah. we really don't see, like you know, stuff with their fingers, wrists, you know, ankles, you know, and they'll play with it. But I I feel like it, it's going to help them out, honestly, because like you said, even though you know this Ravens team might not be totally in sync. It comes down to Lamar with that offense. If you know he's feeling good, playing good, yeah, they're going to do good. The addition of Todd Monken out of out of Georgia from the college level after winning two national championships back to back has changed their offense a lot. There's a lot of uh, passes to the receivers instead of tight ends. It's down the field. It's outside the numbers, and it, it looks good. The only thing I will say is that as long as C.J. Stroud can show up, because he he has these games and they're not often, but. 
you know, he had a couple games this year where he just didn't show up. It's not like he turned the ball over crazy. He had one game where he threw uh, like three interceptions. But other than that, he didn't have many. But for Lamar, it'd be keeping the fumbles down because he fumbles a lot. And nobody seems to really notice that. And that's kind of what lost them a couple of games this year is him turning over the ball. Um, quickly going over it, uh, the Bills kind of dominated the Steelers at home. James Cook and Josh Allen combined for 162 rush yards and one touchdown. <laughs> um, when you run the ball like that, you chew off so much of the clock and you only give, you know, Mason Rudolph so much time. And he played really well. He did. He Finishing out the year, he, he played really well, actually. And I, mean, I know Pickett was actually available, I think, for the past couple of weeks, but they've kind of just rode with Rudolph. Because, you know, he's been in a stride. Yeah. The thing I was going to, I wanted to bring up, though, about this game was, uh, how do you feel about the fake slide? The fake slide thing, Josh, If you know, if nobody knows, Josh Allen faked for a slide, and then, uh, I he did he run in for a touchdown on that play? I, I I think he did, yeah. I think he went for, like, like a huge touchdown run. Yeah, he... I he, remember correctly. I think it was probably, like, a 40-yard rush or something like that. But he, he fake slid, and then either ran for a touchdown or had a big gain and then on another drive later that game he actually slid and a db was forced to hit him in the fear of him you know faking the slide again and running off and then was given a penalty for it um in college football it's called the kenny pickett rule because kenny pickett did it at pit um and now i'm sure the nfl is going to have to you know do the exact same thing you're going to have to ban this play because if you don't then quarterbacks are just going to abuse it and then fake slide and then get it hit again. Or it's going to be all hits all the time and quarterbacks are going to get hurt and which, you know, won't happen. So it's going to be a bunch of penalties and unnecessary ones at that. Yeah. I mean, it, it, he clearly fakes the slide. I thought, honestly, I thought they, the NFL banned it after Pickett did in college. I know college football did. I thought they did, but I don't know. I don't know if it is banned and like he just got away with it or what no but. it's definitely not banned they would have called that or maybe from the angle of the of the sideline official it didn't look like he was trying to slide or because you see the little stutter step and his you know his knees start to bend or give out like he's about to slide and he just took off so i i think unlike the tush push i think this is something that really needs to be addressed because it can either cause injury or just unnecessary penalties and fines oh yeah because i mean the uproar that would have came out you know because people aren't as upset about this, but I mean, if you know, he went to go slide and somebody took his head off. <laughs> yeah, no, people would be pissed. Um, one thing I will say is that Josh Allen did play really well. Although he's playing the Steelers, their DBs have been known to be pretty good this year. Uh, he threw for three touchdowns, ran in one, and had 121.1 QBR, um, which is, I think it's good for him to get on a roll before they play Kansas City next week. Because uh, considering he has has not had good luck against Kansas City in the playoffs. This time, I believe he'll play them at home. What are, what are their seedings? But, um, you know, it's. I think it's really good for him to get on a groove and get in a role because him being so turnover prone, uh, it can cause a lot of issues, you know, winning the game. If you win the turnover margin 90% of the time, you're going to win the game. And when you turn the ball over as much as Josh Allen does, it can become very, very hard to uh win games consistently or trust and believe that you know you can win a game based off of good play because he can play fine 
and either him or somebody else turns over the ball and then you know you're in a 14 point hole and you you just can't come back yeah so buffalo will be playing a home game against Kansas City so i do you think this could be their year to finally beat Kansas City yeah i mean this is the worst offense Kansas City has had, and I know their defense is r- way better now, but but I also think this is the worst pass game that Buffalo has had. Their best run game because they can run the ball really well. James Cook is is on one recently, but without you know without the addition of Stephon Diggs, who only had fifty two yards last night against the Steelers, let alone against Kansas City, who's going to be running a lot of zone and watching him too. Man, I don't know exactly how good he's going to be. Uh, and that's that's the important part because you know Josh Allen's starting to spread the ball around to Dalton Kincaid and you know you know Dawson Knox and all those other guys and Gabe Davis and it makes for a good spread out offense. You're not targeting one guy, but that one guy that you need is really good when he's on. When he's not, it seems that they lose games or in this case that he you know Josh Allen just dominated. So he they really do need him. The Bills also were helped out by T.J. Watt not being in the game. I will say that that is a very, I don't think the Steelers have won a game since he was drafted. If he's not playing. I mean, I would believe it. That's why, honestly, I, he's one of those guys I would argue for MVP, especially this year. Oh yeah, for sure. Just cause I mean, without all the quarterback plays like, or how all the quarterbacks have played, it's, <laughs> I don't really think any of them should win the award. I think it should go to a defensive player like Watt. I would give it to Christian McCaffrey myself, but you know, at the end of the day, it's a quarterback award and Lamar Jackson is going to win it and go home and be happy. So, uh, to the NFC, I'll, I'll give you this one first. The lions win their first playoff game in 32 years over the Stafford led Los Angeles Rams, 24 to 23. Take it away. Zach, Matt Stafford was there for a Lions victory at Ford field. <laughs> um, it, it was a good game. Uh, it, it, probably the best one so far the first round of the playoffs. Uh, In your uh, opinion, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, it was the most competitive. I mean... No, Detroit... The, the start of this game was amazing. Um, if anyone hasn't seen it, like, go watch the entire first quarter. Yeah. It was just so back and forth. It was it was insane. I, golf, I think, completed his first, like, 10 passes or something yeah and Stafford completed his first like seven it, it was insane like just how quality the guys were playing um both got, both of them had a really good game if I'm and if I'm honest in my opinion I think of all the players on the Lions that played really well and I think Josh Reynolds needs a lot of credit here for how well he played but Amon Ra played well you know, Sam Laporta played well, even on the on the bad knee. I will say that I think Jameer Gibbs was purely the juice of this offense. I know, I know, uh, Jared Goff played really well. He was twenty two of twenty seven, two hundred seventy seven yards and a touchdown. He played really well, but I think that Jameer Gibbs showing up and running as hard as he did and catching the ball as well as he did, I think overall he he was really really good and deserves credit for giving that offense some juice and some some energy when they needed it especially in that first half. The first half offense by the Lions was phenomenal. 
I'll say our defense that the pass rush was just so good. It, it's kind of funny though because our secondary, it's pretty suspect. So we were either thirty second in the league in the last six games. Continue. We were either getting to Stafford, or like you would just see like it would be incomplete, incomplete, just bomb like thirty yeah. yards. Yeah, it, it was it was pretty funny to watch, but no. It, the Rams played really good, obviously. Puka, oh my gosh. Dude, they were like bouncing off of him. Yeah. He looked like a bowling ball going down there. Puka definitely looks like a superstar in the making. Like, I hate to be like that and say stuff like that because you don't know and then you're wrong and then whatever. But he genuinely looks like he could have a very, very long career in the NFL. Uh, he broke the rookie receiving record this year. Uh, by I think it was like almost a hundred yards. I mean, it was just ridiculous. And then in, against the Lions, he had nine catches for 181 yards and one touchdown. Yeah, and just watching it, like they were literally just bouncing off of him. It, yeah, like he's not even like that. He's not a big guy, like uh, you know, compared to like some other receivers or running backs. And he's kind of on the skinnier, leaner side. But it's just. You know, you'd see like one guy, two guys, like they would just bounce off of him. Yeah. And he was just making all these big gains, you I, know, and then obviously he's a great deep threat. And, you know, it's nice to have Stafford who can just bomb it down to you 50 yards pretty consistently. I think, I think you got to give credit to the Lions where it's due. Um, I think all Lions fans, uh, wait, give credit to the Rams is what I said, right? I don't know. Anyway, give credit to the Rams because, um, I think even the Lions fans knew that, you know, Matthew Stafford has made a career out of fourth quarter comebacks and that's what he does. Um, so just barely missing it, I think deserves some credit because they got put into field goal range and then got pushed right back out by a holding penalty. And that sucks. But at the end of the day, if, you know, I'm sure if there's a couple punts that they could have converted on a, you know, on a short field or, um, on a short down and distance or whatever the case of may have been that, you know, the, the Rams would have won this game. But as it just turns out, the Lions were here to play. No, the refs, that's one thing I will say. There were some, for both sides, there were just some, like, really questionable calls. Uh, <laughs> to say the least. There was um one, and I text, I texted the group chat about it. It was, like, right before the half. We were going for it, like, on fourth. <laughs> And you just see the guy just completely jump over the line, and they called like us for, yeah, <laughs> a false start. And it was just so funny because, you know, I forget which player it was, but he literally jumps over, and then you see, uh, it, it might have been Sewell or like you know go to stop him, <laughs> yeah. And they just call it on us, and it was it was so funny. And then they're like you obviously what you brought up, the refs were a little questionable in that game, but. I think personally, I think of anybody, I think there should be a lot of thanks and credit given to Brad Holmes, the GM of the Lions. The last three drafts, I'm just going to give you some some key names here. Penny Sewell, Amon Ross St. Brown, and DeAndre Swift for the first one. Now, Swift's not with the team anymore, but he was very serviceable and played very well for you guys. Jamison Williams. Oh, Aiden, he had a monster. He played so good, too. Aiden Hutchinson. And Kirby Joseph, all three really, really good players. And then last year, you know, this most recent draft, Jameer Gibbs, Sam Laporta, Brian Branch. I mean, it. if you ask any Lions fan or like 
any Lions X players why they were so bad in the past is their drafting just hasn't been it. They draft players and they end up sucking or not being good. Hence Jeff Okuda. I'm sorry. That that was that's the funny thing too is he's gotten like shit and like each draft. I mean, I I've even given given him shit. And you quote for um Hutchinson, but he, he can draft. He's got an eye for talent. Like I remember a lot of people this this past draft were like, oh, why would you take Gibbs? Oh, why are we drafting a tight end? You know, and it's. <laughs> you know and he's got a vision he's he's really got an eye for for talent that's for sure in two back-to-back years i have told you that jameer gibbs and aiden hutchinson are going to be good players for this franchise and they're going to do a lot only because strictly that i i truly enjoy college football and you can kind of see like aiden hutchinson has really really high motor he's he's there every place full effort every time jameer gibbs has a very specific talent you know, and to be able to unlock that is a, an entire task and within itself because he is a very good receiving back. He can run the ball good, but he's a better receiving back than he is a runner. But, you know, that even that diminishes his running ability. And I think he truly is a really good running, uh, running back. And just to see the way that they've utilized him in both the screen game and the pass game, as well as the in and inside and outside runs, it. Overall, he seems like a very well-rounded guy, and I think that is very—he's been very crucial to the Lions' success, especially this year. Obviously, shout out to the Rams because Cameron thought they were only going to win three games this year. I don't care. Shut up. <laughs> I mean, how many did they end up actually winning? Ten. Okay, <laughs> you said well, they were going to be lucky to to get over three. Well, I didn't <laughs> expect you know their entire division to be garbage. It's not my fault. <laughs> it's just prediction. Um, let's go to Tampa Bay. The Bucks defeated the Eagles 32 to 9. And I think Baker deserves to be paid. Um I don't know how much because this is a one-year thing that's happened and I don't think they have any interest in, in drafting a quarterback or anything like that and I don't know if Trask is going to ever get a chance to play there. But Baker against the Eagles threw for 337 yards and three touchdowns. And he missed Mike Evans off of a drop on like the one-yard line. So it would have been four touchdowns and probably almost 400 yards. Like he played really, really, really well. Yeah, and then Baker's just, he's always had the talent. And, you know, when the the team believes in him, he's really good. Yeah. Obviously, I mean, he, he had such a great year this year. They went still going. Yeah, they went five and one in their last six in the regular season. The complete opposite of the Eagles, actually, who went one and five, (laughs) and then our first round exits. Um, I wonder how much they're going to give Baker though, because like you said, they brought him in just because of I I I don't know how their salary is looking, but I know that's one of the main reasons why they brought him in was because they needed a quarterback, but I don't think they had a lot that they could spend. I think their their cap this year, I think is pretty free uh as in the availability to pay a quarterback i my best guess is he's going to get anywhere from 40 to 50 million a year um do you think that much yeah i don't think it's going to be a big contract like i don't think it's going to be a very long one i think he'll probably get a three year uh maybe 30 to 50 you know three years 30 set 38.9 million dollars a year or something like that he's still you know He's 28, 
So this is his sixth year starting. You know, so he still has a, a good amount of years left in him, and you know. And if he plays like this, I mean, <laughs> Lord knows how long he could play. He he genuinely looks good. He looks comfortable. He looks happy to be in Tampa. This Where, Bucks team in general, though, they just they look scary. Dude, their defense is insane. I mean, they they were terrorizing everybody. You know, whether that's O line, you know, receivers, quarterback. I don't think the Eagles had a. You know, Devonta Smith played very very well, and he gave everything they had. But you know, not having Julio Jones after the second quarter and not having AJ Brown for the whole game. I mean, you lose a lot of receiving talent there, and it's hard to come back in a game that you're already down, you know, say 14 points or whatever the case may be. It's hard to come back after that if you don't have, you know, two of your top three receivers. My question in this game has to go to Philly, and that's they really abandoned their run game. Yeah. That's really what they're known for, but they – they were just, I, and I understand when you're down, you have to throw the ball, but they were like going drives without having any run plays in at all. And I think that's a main reason why they struggled to, I don't know, because even towards the end of the year, they stopped running as much. Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure as to why that is. I mean, they did lose five of their last six games. So that very well could have been it, you know, could have been it, but Having Devonta Smith eight catches for 148 yards, an average of 18 and a half per per reception, is is it's it's a lot because you know the play action was being run. But I mean, let's see how. Wow, they had 42 rushing yards. Yeah, on four on 15 carries they had 42 rushing yards. Yeah, that's ridiculous. See. I watched the game and I knew it was low, but I didn't know it was that bad. Like I didn't actively look up the number. See, you know, when you when you can't run the ball at all, you're not going to win a football game, especially not in the NFL, not in playoff time. So I was going to ask you, what do you think Jason Kelsey's thinking right now? Because I saw the report, you know, people jumped the gun. Oh, he's going to retire. And then now he's kind of coming back and saying, oh, I got to think about it. You know, if you're Kel- Kelsey, I mean... I, after this bad of a loss, you know what are you thinking? Oh, if I'm if I'm Jason, which I'm not, but if I'm him, I'm I I like just thinking of how last year he had to think about it, and he came back, and being a first round exit this year, he's got two daughters. Um, I don't see him coming back. You know, as much as I love Jason Kelsey, and I think anyone who likes football loves Jason Kelsey, I don't see him coming back. And it really does suck because I think he's a great face to have for the league in many aspects. I think he's an overall great guy. I think everybody loves him. But, you know, he's done everything. You know, what is there to do for him anymore other than keep playing football? That I don't know. Yeah, I mean, he's 36... Um, he's one of the shorter centers, right? Or is he? Yes, the, he's is he the smallest center in in how, football? How tall is he? He's like six three. I think like two eighty two. He's smaller weight wise, but the height he seems pretty average to me. But yeah, you know, he's you know one of the best centers to ever play. I mean, he's he's a Hall of Famer. I, with how this team looks, man, I I just 
losing in the first round, only putting up nine points. I just, I just don't see how you would want to come back. My only hope here is, is that I hope there's not, um, I hope there's not a bunch of overreaction by the, uh, by the Eagles organization because I know Howie Roseman isn't one to just sit and wait. Which sucks because it, when you look at it, I mean, you have good receiving talent. You got, you have good running backs. Your O line is solid. Your defense is very new. They have a very young defense, but you know you got to work on tackling. Bradbury couldn't tackle all night. Darius Slay got pulled from the game, returned with only six minutes left, and by then the game was out of reach. So it's it's hard to say that they should you know restart or wipe you know wipe the building, but. Um, they're not one for patience, especially after you've been to the Super Bowl. So they very well could wipe house, especially with Nick Sirianni. I think there's a lot of call for his job. I don't think he'll be fired, but um, the Eagles don't have a very long leash with anybody. I think that's he's on the worked. hot seat now. I I and don't it, think so. And it's kind of funny. I th- I well, re- I don't think he should be. Let maybe, me rephrase that. Just think about it, though. Like you said, with the Eagles, they're definitely an organization that won't just sit around and wait. I mean. Three months ago, <laughs> yeah. If you said, "Oh, he, he's going to be on the hot seat by the end of the year," everyone would just laugh at you. But yeah. with how they ended their year, and then you know, I think some people are kind of like, "Oh, we'll see how they do against Tampa," and just to only put up nine. I, I saw <laughs> this stat actually it made me laugh. I don't know how true it is, but it's like Jalen Hurts is a zero and three in the playoffs against teams when they score seven points or more. Oh, it's absolutely factual. <laughs> That's the thing is like it, it, the offense wasn't run properly and you can tell that they're missing, you know, after you fire your, not fire, well, after your offensive coordinator leaves to go, you know, head coach the whole, the, the Colts and you have somebody else to call plays. I mean, it, it change, things change, even though it seems like it may be the same, you know, the same playbook and the same, you know, formations run at the end of the day, it's not. And I think that had a lot to do with it because they struggled on offense a lot this year. I know. And then the final toast push of the season getting denied. Yeah. That, <laughs> that, that was kind of funny though. Maybe that was Jason's uh, reason for leaving the <laughs> toast push in the playoffs got stopped. He just, that just happened. And he's just like, yep, it's over. But that being said, I, I do want to give credit to the Bucks. Baker Mayfield, Rashad White played really well. Mike Evans has had a Hall of Fame career. Um, Demario Davis plays really well. I think, right? I think that's I'm tripping. Anyway, uh, but overall, the the Bucks did play really well, and now they go to Detroit to play the Lions, and we'll see how that game goes. Finally, the Packers beat the Cowboys forty-eight to thirty-two. Uh, I think anybody who watched that game would be able to tell you that the final score was 48-16. to 16. There was two touchdowns and two two-point conversions in garbage time for uh, Dallas. Uh, two passes to Jake Ferguson for touchdowns. Uh, you know, I don't know what to say about the Cowboys. I don't want to sit here and go on this like huge rant about the Packers because he, I, as a Packer fan, I, I want to, but I'm not going to. Um, it, Dak and CD really had a hard time connecting throughout the entire first half. Um, and, you know, once, once the second half started, they started playing a little bit better, uh, nine catches for 110 yards, but 
throughout the entirety of that first half, it seemed like they just couldn't connect or that they didn't have the chemistry that they've had for the last, you know, four or five years. Giants fans are so happy right now with how bad the Cowboys played and the Eagles played. I mean, <laughs> I was um, talking to Mike yesterday and he was just so happy about about it. But I cannot believe how bad the Cowboys played, man. Like, holy yeah. shit. Yeah, no. And and honestly, it's not like I, to, to be honest, I didn't expect a game like this. I mean, I was very happy to watch it. But Dallas defense, they didn't get to love at all. I mean, I think they had one sack, maybe. I was watching the game and legitimately, like, I'm still kind of just speechless about it. I'm, I'm just like, <laughs> what the hell was that? Like, I... Like, if you told me Green Bay beat them, I would be like, oh, okay, it was probably a pretty close game. Like, no, it, it, like you said, like, they scored 16 garbage time points. Like, they, yeah. they re- legitimately only put up 16 points. Yeah. And gave up 48. Yeah, I mean, Tony Pollard didn't run the ball well. 15 carries, 56 yards, one touchdown. Dak didn't throw the ball well either. 41 of 60, 403 yards, three touchdowns and two interceptions, one of which was a pick six. Um, I think what, what gave them trouble is there wasn't a lot of movement on the offensive end. There wasn't much motion or anything like that. And the Packers defense are used to seeing it. So what you see is kind of what you get with, with the Cowboys offense and Mike McCarthy, he's coached the same way for a very long time. So it's not like it's anything, you know, particularly new. Um, but in the exact opposite, that's what I think gave Dallas so much trouble is they don't play well against motion offenses. And Matt LaFleur puts everybody in motion and moves three people around before the ball gets snapped. Jordan Love was 16-21, 272 yards and three touchdowns, two yards short of C.J. Stroud. Um, although, like you, you mentioned to me earlier, although Jordan Love played ridiculously well, you know, you can't pass that well if your run game's not doing its job. And Aaron Jones did more than that. He had 118 yards on 21 carries for three touchdowns. He had two touchdowns all regular season and has been dealing with a hamstring injury. I was, you know, like me and you were talking about it, like you just brought up. That's the player of the game right there, Aaron Jones. Yeah. I mean, he really had his had his handprint all over or his fingerprints all over this game. Like Love has put up, you know. Uh, this stat line i feel like pretty often this year he he's had, he had such a great year yeah you Imagine. know so you know when you look at him you're just you know you look at the stats you know if you haven't watched the game and you're like how did how did they put up 48 i mean loves had game like i said he's had a ton of games like that and then you just look at aaron jones and you're like oh yeah he's still like really good at football yeah oh yeah i, I forgot about that guy well that's like this year there's a couple games that kind of stick out that he's played um you know, in in particular against the Chargers, he had 322 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, against Detroit, the week of Thanksgiving, 268 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, against Chicago, last week of the year, 316 yards, two touchdowns. He has thrown one pick since November 19th, uh, the week before Thanksgiving. I mean, he he's had such an amazing year. He had maybe a few like I wouldn't even say he he really hasn't had any bad weeks like he had some like average ones 
Uh, the week we lost against Vegas, he had no touchdowns, three interceptions. That's or, or yeah, he had. He, so he's had one bad game like all year, and he, this he, is his first year as a starter. He was very, very mediocre from weeks four, four so to like, eight, four to eight. Say, he, he, was, pretty, he was very below average, and it started to look very dark. Yeah, and during that stretch, you had a lot of people like, "Oh, what, what's going on with this guy? He's been, you know, he's been behind Rogers for four years," and it's like, yeah, I mean. Just give him time. After four <laughs> weeks, people started saying that we needed to draft a quarterback again. And then just, wow. I mean, at the end of the year, here he is getting ready to maybe be the first Packer since Brett Favre. And what year? A, a one. A one to beat the Niners. You know, and <laughs> good luck with that. But yeah, if you want to move there real quick, the Packers play the 49ers. Uh, you know, in Santa Monica and the Lions and Bucks play in Detroit for the NFC. Um, the Packers are 10 point underdogs. The Bucks, on the other hand, they are six and a half point underdogs. Um, let's start with the Lions. The Lions Buck game, it's in Detroit with how loud the stadium was against the Rams. I'd assume the same energy is going to be brought when Tampa comes to town. I'm gonna be honest. I'm I'm more scared of the Bucks than I was of Philly. Like I wanted Philly to win, just because Baker. You know our secondary is so bad. We also played. Uh, didn't you guys play Philly this year? Um, I think it was towards the end of the year. I mean the beginning. Sorry, you very well could have uh, continue. Sorry, but you know, and but even if we played them at the beginning of the year, they're so different than. But I just I fear Baker's arm i you know i saw some of the amazing plays he made in that game and it's just i i'm i'm more scared of him dicing up our secondary i i still think if if we get to him i i I really do think that's yeah i I mean it's a big if i mean (laughs) well honestly it's it's not but the, the when baker plays his best he has good protection and you guys are the best at giving no protection you but know. then it and then it goes to Jared Goff, where yeah, we had a really good game. He had a really good game against the Rams, but there were some throws, like <laughs> one in particular, when they got to him, he like threw it backwards, like two handed. Yeah, he has those moments, but <laughs> when he just goes full Jared Goof mode. But at least you have two quarterbacks in the same game that play that way. Like Baker Mayfield could throw 150 yards, three picks, no problem. Not saying that he's done that or that he's he does that a lot or whatever the case may be, but you know he really could have a game like that, and Jared Goff could as well. So it could be up to the defenses, which both are really good, minus Detroit's pass defense. Um, overall, if I'm looking at this game with the win the Bucks just had versus the Lions and experience, I'm I'm gonna go with the Lions just because I we have. Golf has more playoff experience than Baker, and that's what I think. I'm thinking he's not going to have too many goof moments compared to Baker. Um, I really hope this doesn't bite me in the ass, but I, I really do think we can get it done against them. Bucks are six point underdogs, huh? Yeah. Hmm. Okay, Cameron's getting the itch. I. Mm. Ooh. And the itch to gamble sports bet. I'm definitely betting on all these games. I just, I, um, who who do I want to win? Because, like you said, it's like 
one of these quarterbacks is going to have a bad day, and I just don't know who it is. I feel like the thing is, defense experience, I feel like doesn't matter as much as like for them compared to like offensive, but when it comes to playoff experience, I feel like defense, you you can see a defense that's never, you know, their whole team's never played in the playoffs before and they just are monsters. I'm going to go Lions. And the only reason I'm going to go Lions is because it's at home. If it was in Tampa, I'd go Bucks. Um, The only reason I say that is hearing the atmosphere in Detroit against the Rams, although because Stafford was there, you know, it was was a heightened atmosphere, blah, blah, blah. I think they're excited to be in the second round of the playoffs. And um, I think I'll take the Lions at home. Uh, let's go Packers 49ers. 49ers are a 10-point favorite in Santa Monica. Why do I think they're going to lose? Why do I think San Fran's going to lose? I just have a feeling. Uh, <laughs> I just have such a feeling this whole time. I'm like, they've been so good all year. Brock Purdy's going to play like pick 256 in this game for some reason. I just have a feeling. Um. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Here's like I think the offense will play well. I don't think they'll play as well as they did against Dallas because that's really hard to do. I think they're going to try and run the ball the same. Uh, I think the key for Matt Lafleur against Dallas when we won the coin toss, we chose we chose to take the ball and get the offense started quickly and let's get a let's get a rhythm going so we don't have to have Jordan Love sitting on the bench and waiting. Um, but when it comes to playing San Francisco an offense that is motion all the time, you're going to get the same thing. You know, both of these offenses, San Francisco and Green Bay, run run motion all the time. And their defense, I think, is uh, by far better than ours. Um, so I think players like Fred Warner and Greenlaw and Nick Bosa are used to seeing it. So I think that's where we can get the 10-point, you know, underdog from. I think Brock Purdy probably turns the ball over a couple times in this game. That's what I'm just saying. I, I can just see Alexander just picking him off. Yeah, you know? if he <laughs> as long as he's healthy to play. I mean, he is a really big, really big player and piece for us. So hopefully he stays. He's definitely the leader, I feel like, since Rodgers left. I feel like he's definitely been like the leader. Yeah, the he's, had, he's had his mistakes. He got suspended for going out as a captain when he wasn't voted as a captain to the middle <laughs> of the field, so... You know, he's had his moments, and hopefully we re-sign him because his contract's up. So, <laughs> um, I have to. I'm going to pick the Packers. Um, <laughs> Non-biased Packers pick? Okay. I think the only reason I have to is because um, the way we played against Dallas, although Dallas I don't think is near what the 49ers are, I'm, I don't think... Purdy's on as of a magical run as he was last year. I think the, the the offense leans very, very heavily on Christian McCaffrey more this year than ever um, because they only had him for half a year last half a year last year. Um, our run defense is okay, but overall, I think I think our offense and Aaron Jones, if he stays healthy, can really help us win. I think it'll be a very, very close game. I was gonna say I feel like this is gonna be one of those games that like it's either you'll close see- or we're dead. You'll see Green Bay, like, I feel like if Green Bay wins, it's going to be by, like, 10 or 13. And then if San Fran wins, I think it's going to be, like, by, like, a field goal or something. And I I feel like the Packers are just going to shock some people with how they're going to play in this game. I think Jordan Love, you know, (laughs) he's good, man. 
I, I think he's really good. I think he he he's been so eager, you know, to play. And I I, just, I, I feel like they they're just ready to shock everyone. Yeah, and also the ten ten points is not. Uh, that's a number I'm gonna bet on. When you're a ten point underdog and you put up forty eight against Dallas, uh, I'm gonna bet you to uh again i'm gonna bet that spread so well no um team that has lost to kirk cousins has ever gone to the super bowl that is true (laughs) that is true and coincidentally the san francisco 49ers this year has lost to kirk cousins so i'm just gonna stick with my packers bet moving on to the afc the texans play the ravens in baltimore Baltimore is an eight-point favorite here. I'm taking Baltimore. Yeah. Just Houston doesn't have the experience. Baltimore, I feel like, you know, having, like I said earlier, you know, that time off, I feel like it's going to be good for, like, Lamar if he has any little nagging injuries or anything. So I'm just feeling Baltimore. So am I. I, I think I, I think the only reason I have to go Baltimore, I think it'll be a close game. I think the eight points, I think I would take Texans plus eight and a half, which is what it's set at now, um, only because of the two weeks off that the Ravens had had, especially with sitting Lamar. I think there'll be some some rust, not a lot. I'm not like, you know, they won't score at all, but I think there's going to be a little bit of uncomfortability at the very beginning of this game. Uh, and I think overall they'll just, end up getting it together and beating the Texans. Uh, Chiefs go to Buffalo to play the Bills. This game... I feel like it's the Bills' time. I, Dude, we can't pick the same games. Oh, fuck. I, I just... I, I said it earlier, though. I just feel like... Because what are they? Three... They played three out of the four last playoffs. And the and the Bills have no, lost... they played them two. It's two out of, two of the last four? Yeah. And they've lost to them... Each time, I feel like this is just their time. But with how good Kansas City's defense is, I don't know how Josh Allen's mental is going to be for this game. It's a three-point spread in Buffalo. No, because that's looking at the game. It's not. It's a game where the weather. Both teams are are used to this weather, though. Yeah, but this is like you're looking at snowstorm. Like you saw how much snow was in the stadium a day before they you know, postponed it. <laughs> like it's going to be the same thing this weekend. So if I, if I, if I mean, Kansas city's, I'm used betting to Buffalo only because the sheer amount of, because I, I mean, yeah, Buffalo, you know what you want to take Buffalo. I know I, I'm I was just riding Buffalo. on them. I know I was just riding on Buffalo, but it's really hard to get bet against Patrick Mahomes. You're Mahomey. Yeah, yeah. It's really hard to bet against him, man. I'll take Mahomes, man. I'll let you get Buffalo. I'll take good because that's the tiebreaker. Because we bet the same teams for the entire thing. I'll, uh, well, so I'll I've got Ravens, home. Bills. You I'll, have I'll Ravens, gladly, Chiefs. I'll gladly yeah, you, <laughs> if we both have Packers, Lions, and FC Championship, which is probably now that I say it, sounds like the dumbest thing <laughs> of all. Time. It just only makes sense. No, they split. They went one and one. This year, this is the tiebreaker. <laughs> this is the tiebreaker, the NFC Championship. Vince McMahon is... If the Lions go to the Super Bowl, I might lose my mind. Vince McMahon is writing the NFL script this year. Vince McMahon. <laughs> it just makes sense. We, we need to see the tiebreak. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I swear to God, if these two teams are in the NFC Championship, <laughs> one of these teams is going to be in the Super Bowl. It's going to be so funny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Either a Jordan Love front Packers team or a Jared Goff Lions team. And the funny part is, is I really think both of, I feel like whoever comes out of the NFC, though, is winning it. I really do. I don't think, I don't think any of the AFC teams. I'm not as high on them as I feel. I think the only team that I'm afraid that will win it is the Chiefs, only because it's Patrick Mahomes and he somehow wins everything. And I'm starting to hate him for it. But you know. no, we're, the Lions are going to win it, man. I'm telling you, the script writers. If they win it, I I'll give you a hundred bucks. It's on recording. Yes. Okay. Lastly, let's cover a quick uh, NBA news. Pascal Siakam was traded to the Pacers for two 2024 first round picks. One from the uh, one from the Pacers, one from the Pelicans, as well as a 2026 first round pick. So they gave up no players in this deal. The Pacers, correct. I, I love the move for him. I, I really do. I mean, how can you not love a move in the NF, in the NBA that's no players except Siakam? <laughs> I mean, you know, like I, we put it up earlier or before the podcast. He's averaging 22, 6, and 5. Kind of a down year. So th- this is a down year for him compared to last year. And the Pacers are the sixth seed right now. They're 23 and 17. Halliburton is ball. He... He has really put himself on the map. Like people are like, I've heard some like old, <laughs> old heads say like how 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 Halliburton is playing is kind of like or how he's just came out of nowhere this year is kind of how like it was with Steve Nash. Like he was good, but like wow, he just exploded onto yeah. the scene this year. Like it's insane. His game is he's a point god. He reminds me a lot of, you know, like they say, Steve Nash, kind of Chris Paul, like kind of players of those builds. Roy Hibbert. <laughs> Not Roy Hibbert. You know, and the Pacers, they're they're a fun team. I, I believe they're still the highest scoring offense this year. Um, Don't quote me on that, but they're one of the best offensive teams, and it is because of him. And then you add Siakam, a great two-way player. Miles Turner holding it down in the middle. <laughs> it, it's 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 gonna be they're gonna be scary. Siakam really is a big move for them. You know they're getting they're getting a second All Star now. This is a big move. This is huge. Pacers to win the NBA championship right now. Book it. <laughs> I'd be down. I like the Pacers. They're fun. You you can bet it now with Hard Rock Bet is now legal in Florida. Ages twenty one or older. Free shout out for Hard Rock Bet. So if you're a degenerate gambler and you want to bet on sports, download that. Catch me in Cameron in Tampa. I'll be there. Betting my life away. May 23rd. All right. Thank you guys for listening. We'll be back. Bye.